0: Welcome to the Doodle Kisses Podcast, an extension of DoodleKisses.com. I'm your host, Adina Pearson. DoodleKisses.com is the social network for Labradoodle and Golden Doodle owners, wannabe owners, and the Doodle curious. The goal of this podcast is to provide education, entertainment, and connect with our Doodle Kisses members on the topic of Labradoodles, Golden Doodles, and dogs in general. In this episode of the Doodle Kisses Podcast, I interview Mare Potts, the director of Camp Gone to the Dogs. This is a camp for people and their canines, where they can go together and participate in all sorts of activities. Sounds like a blast. Mare is a serious dog person, and it was wonderful to hear about the community she's got and the fun she has with her campers and their dogs. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Mayor. Thanks so much for coming to talk to
1: us. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to be on here talking with you today. How was camp this year? Camp was awesome. Uh, we, it, we had so much fun. Yeah, it, how can you not have fun when you're in Vermont? Um, but just the number of people in the community, it, we have a great time when we get together. Your tagline
0: is all about fun, too, right? <laughs> Joe wagging fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we get into camp and what that is all about, I want to hear about you and your history with dogs. Did you have dogs growing up?
1: My whole life I've had dogs or my family had dogs. I can't claim them as mine until I was later in life. Um, but growing up, you know, we had, you know, uh, Karen Terrier and then, um, a mixed breed. And then we had a couple English Cocker Spaniels and then another mix. um, yeah, so definitely a dog family. Yeah, dog people through and through, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> did your
0: did your family were they involved in dog sports or anything like that or just loving pets?
1: Um, you know, my mom was involved when probably in her late teens, early 20s before she got married. She had a career that um she showed a few times um, so there was an interest there, but then, you know, got married, had four kids. So that pretty much became her life. Um, but she definitely, um, encouraged me growing up, um, that, you know, we would go to dog shows together. Um, and cause at that time, agility, flyball, um, canine disc, none of that existed. It was just really the obedience uh-huh. um, and the, the confirmation. So we would go every year.
0: Did you like it when you were a kid?
1: well it was something Uh i look forward to every year cool what tell me about your dogs today i currently have seven dogs um two of them are are full cattle dogs and then uh, several that are part cattle dog and part border collie or australian shepherd um and then um a little mini australian shepherd uh mix and then there's my beagle mix um so i have seven dogs right you know all different breeds
0: that's a lot of dogs what's the youngest and oldest?
1: the youngest is um, 15 months old now Um, and then um, my oldest we just lost uh, two weeks ago was a, a Cocker Beagle and he was 15 so now my my oldest living one would be, um, is a foster dog that we we took in last November, Gracie, and she's probably about 11.
0: Oh, wow. Seven dogs. I feel like I aspire to five dogs once my kids are out of the house, but I don't think I could go past that.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's a lifestyle choice. It's, yeah. you know, my world revolves around the dogs.
0: Have you seen those internet memes? Um, it's a picture of, let's say, three dogs in the kitchen. And the top says, my husband said, we can't, we don't have room for more dogs. And then around the three dogs in the kitchen, there's these circles. Look, there's a space, there's a space, (laughs) there's a space. That's kind of how I feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, That's my house. It's like, I can always find room, you know, take in another one.
0: Yeah, they don't mind. They just want to snuggle with you and each other.
1: Absolutely. And in in later life, you know, back when I was doing a lot of performance, I was looking for a specific dog. Now later in life, you know, taking in some special needs dogs, like the foster dog that I took in last November is is basically blind. Um, and yeah, you know, taking her and giving her a great place to live out her life has been wonderful. I have
0: such admiration for people who do foster work. Do you foster for a certain organization?
1: Um, I do. This dog is out of um, Carolina uh, Australian Cattle Dog Rescue and Rebound. Um, I've also worked with others before I moved to South Carolina. Um, worked with um, several groups up in the Chicago area, taken some special needs dogs um, or help them, you know, as they place dogs in homes.
0: Yeah, I'd like I'd like to do some more fostering myself. So I'm. I'm a foster for two different different doodle organizations but they never have dogs in my area they just don't get them here and I'm a foster volunteer for our local shelter but so far I've only gotten requests to take six 3-month-old puppies at a time which I can't do or pregnant moms which I can't do so so far it just hasn't <laughs> I haven't found a fit and this last time I think we we thought we were going to get a 3-month old puppy to take care of until it got spayed or neutered and my daughter who's my biggest animal lover we and my son too but she's the dog lover we went to the humane society to pick the dog up and when we and we had I bought a bone for the dog and we set up an extra crate we were all so excited and we get there and there was this huge misunderstanding they thought I was taking the whole litter the six 3-month old puppies and I couldn't, obviously, there's not space in my house, realistically, and I don't have the energy or ability to manage that many puppies. My daughter was so heartbroken. (laughs) We went from (laughs) one to none. (laughs) Anyway, I'm curious about the fact that you have a lot of um, farm-like dogs. You've got Australian Shepherd, Border Collie, and a bunch of cattle dogs. What draws you to those breeds?
1: Probably the biggest thing is um, how biddable they are. Um, you know, back when I was doing more performance, um, with the dogs were, you know, doing flyball, um, doing, you know, frisbee or canine disc. Um, they were the great dogs to have, um, that could go work all day. Um, don't want to say easy to train because they're, they're, they're not that easy to train. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, but they're very biddable. they want to work. It's just, they are you know, what motivates each of them. Um, and I just have loved the herding breeds and, um, uh, we've had cattle dogs. Um, and now we've kind of gone back to having cattle dogs, um, mm-hmm. as, as our primary breed, um, it's cause they, they're a little bit, they're smarter than us um, <laughs> and it's fun to work. It's, it's so much fun to work with that type of a dog.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're very high energy, kind of the opposite of what most doodle owners are looking for. <laughs> we hope for the <laughs> mellow dog, um, although labs can be quite hyper, so you never know. Uh, we used to have a Border Collie, and she was just a human. Oh, she was, she was the dog that transformed me from a, well, maybe dogs are okay, to, wow, dogs are awesome. So I will always have fond memories
1: of her. Yeah, they're, they're incredible. They're, they're like Velcro. Uh-huh. You know, they want to be with you. They want to work with you. Um, and it, it's just so enjoyable, you know, figuring out how each one of them. thinks and what motivates each one, just like humans. You yeah. know, they're, they're all individuals. Um, and, yeah, I, I have I've had dogs over the years that, you know, came from great, you know, frisbee dog lines or fly ball dog lines. And they could care less about doing that activity, but they <laughs> love doing tricks. Oh neat! Like, yeah, okay. well, that's that's what we go and do with that particular dog.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how they can have that unique preference, even though you would expect them to be fall in the same exact um, line as everything, all the previous dogs.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like they're they're all individuals, and uh, I have to have kind of chuckling because you we're talking, about, you know, people having the mellow. Labradoodle or Doodles, um, it's it's interesting because I see a lot of the more active Doodles um, mm-hmm. that go 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 all day. Yeah, you know, because of the poodle line that they come out of, or the or the lab line. It's like it's interesting across the country what you get. Right,
0: right, and I think they're marketed often as like dogs who are good in therapy and can be, you know, are mellow and the high energy part is not often talked about. And I think it's so important for people to know, you know, if you get a doodle because a poodle is a very high energy dog and a lab often is, or can be, um, it's important to be prepared for that possibility that you might have a dog that needs to burn off energy and do dog sports and do obedience and work.
1: Absolutely. Yep. and they love the work, you know. Mm-hmm. And both those, you know, the combinations, you know, the, the poodles are intensely intelligent, um, and so are the labs, and in their own way for retrieving and hunting, and, um, and it just—it's crazy what you get out of some of these dogs.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the uh, the golden doodles more or less are still bred. From that first or second generation. They're still early generation for the most part. There's a few breeders that breed farther down the generation line. But labradoodles now, as far as finding, you know, a breeder that is reputable and does full health testing and all of those things, the vast majority of labradoodles now from those kind of breeders are multi-generational. And so the lab is many generations in the back, and there's probably more poodle and other things in there. And mm-hmm. that that might change things a little bit. Um, I've had three labradoodles i have I have one right now. my Roscoe, who passed away earlier this year. He was a big, fluffy orange thing. And I remember at the dog park with him once, there was a border Collie puppy who pretty much treated Roscoe like he was a sheep, like he was practicing. And it was so funny to see that instinct. Roscoe would lay down and chew a ball and the border collie puppy would like, um, would be back several feet and just kind of crouch down, ready, ready to like move when he got up. And he would do that. And it was amazing to see that instinct in there. <laughs> really cute.
1: Well, that helped that that he looked like a sheep.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was so <laughs> hilarious. So I just want to take a quick break and talk to you listeners about something really important. I've been having so much fun doing these podcasts. I hope you've also been having fun listening. Interviewing interesting people and learning along with you is something that I greatly enjoy. I don't really want to stop. However, producing a podcast takes time and money. I'm 100% willing to put in the time, but I don't have podcast production skills. This is where you come in. If you're getting anything, good out of listening to these podcasts, please consider supporting the podcast financially. This will help us pay for our production costs so that the episodes are put together in a way that makes them nice to listen to. If every single one of you who listened to at least one episode gave $1, we could cover the production of at least four episodes. If you gave $5, well, we'd be done fundraising for the year. So go check out our GoFundMe page. If you're not the tipping kind or aren't in a position to make a donation, consider shopping through our Amazon link. Every single time you buy something through our link, we get a small commission and it doesn't cost you a penny extra. Our Amazon link is amazon.doodlekisses.com. The links for both of these options are in the show notes for this episode. And now back to the show. So, okay, I want to jump into... Um, your camp. You're the camp director for Camp Gone to the Dogs. And I want to hear how that got created.
1: It, it's a pretty cool history. It actually, um, 29, 30 years ago, um, a woman named Honey Loring in Vermont, she created this whole idea of people going on a vacation with their dogs and learning new activities. Um, she, she started the whole dog camp phenomena. Um, and she ran the camp for, um, probably like, you know, 13, 14 years. Um, then she sold it to Jeannie Richter, um, who had been a camper there for years. Um, and then Jeannie sold it to me, um, about five years now, um, four or five years ago. Um, so it's, it's just such an interesting business to be involved in, because um, our particular camp there are, are folks who have been there for twenty eight twenty nine years Wow um, and yeah with yeah obviously multi generations of their dogs um, but they they come back um, and it's really I call it a family reunion mm-hmm. every year because yeah you know, these these folks come back year after year you know, our our campers you know, ranging, you know, of a first year camper up to a 28 year camper this year, um, which is pretty incredible. And um, it's such a supportive community of folks who are so knowledgeable about their dogs that it's really cool to see um, both the staff and a camper who's been around for a long time, help a new person come in, um, especially someone who might be a first time dog owner. Um, and help them go oh yeah I had that I had that same experience <laughs> um and and it, it gives um it gives new folks a, a sense of comfort of uh, mm-hmm. somebody else has had the same opportunity or training opportunity with a dog um that I have and I can benefit and learn from them mm-hmm. um, so you know camp came out of you know honeys idea just to pull this together and create that type of a community and she absolutely she nailed it that's awesome i
0: think that's so cool i mean i know it's true for people and their their kind of family feeling about camp if they grew up going to a certain camp as kids they send their kids there and you know they might their kids might work there as they get older and so i love that it's kind of the same same family feeling at camp gone for the dogs
1: yeah camp gone to the Dogs. (laughs) yes thank you
0: (laughs) where are you located
1: where is the camp it's in stowe vermont um we rent a hotel for the weekend or for the week actually um and you know we've been up in stowe you know 20 years for our fall camps our summer camp moved up there this year um and i'm also opening a new location in 2020 in Front Royal, um, Front Royal, Virginia. Um, and we're super excited about that. It'll be in the foothills of, uh, the Shenandoah. Oh, neat. Of Shenandoah National Park. Yeah, it's gorgeous.
0: Yeah. Um, I've never been to the East coast at all. <laughs> Maybe really, I have uh,
1: you have to come. <laughs> well, I'm also looking at sites elsewhere cause I want to bring it to other parts of the country.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that there are different, um, different camps that are in different areas of the country. Tell me about um, your camp and the kinds of activities that are available. So people are at a hotel, and then what do they do during the day? What are the options?
1: We have um, you know, anywhere between you know, six to eight sessions um, per hour during the, the bulk of the day. And you can do anything. We rent a couple local fields. We run agility, um, obedience, behavior, barn hunt, nose work. Frisbee or canine disc, lure coursing, canine freestyle dancing, arts and crafts, tracking. I forgot tracking. Oh. Um, so almost, you know, any, any land activity, um, we don't do swimming and dock diving at, at the Stowe location. Um, we did do it at our previous location, um, and we're hoping to bring it back potentially in Virginia at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, pretty much the majority, you know, of the dog activities that are popular out there, you know, we will introduce people in past years to, you know, tri-ball, canine good citizenship training, the tricks, um, just all sorts of activities. Herding, yeah. we have herding in um, in our Virginia camp, we will have herding again. Um, and so people can try activities and see if their dog likes it. And if they want to pursue it further, um, it, we're a great resource. Hey, you can learn more about it, but then we can also help direct you to the people um, or trainers that we know that would be a good fit for you.
0: Oh, yeah. That's so cool. And I see on your website that you have a lot of trainers and a lot of staff that are involved in teaching these activities. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, we'll generally have um, between 12 to 12. Um, when we had a previous location, we would have up to 40, but it was a much bigger camp. Now our size is really about 100 um, is, is what we like to keep the camp to, um, uh-huh. Yeah, and that go beyond that. We used to do a camp that was about 200, um, and that was pretty massive. Yeah.
0: Is, so is there a dog limit for each person that sign up?
1: Um, each included in everybody's fee is they can bring two dogs. Um, most campers bring one or two. There'll be a few that will bring multiple dogs. Um, and generally, those dogs are going to be, you know, a young dog and an older dog, and then maybe a couple middle-aged dogs. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there certain requirements of the dogs? Do they have to have some kind of certain certification or um, proof that they're not aggressive?
1: No, I, I don't ask for proof. What I do like to talk to um, is each new camper coming in um, just to make sure that camp is a good fit um, for them and they're going to get what they want out of it. Um, you know, We don't allow aggressive dogs. Um, you know, a dog with a, a serious bite history, that type of situation, they're not an appropriate dog to bring to any camp. Um you know, most uh, most of our dogs that are coming, we can handle a little bit of, you know, light reactivity or or sensitivity. Um, you know, a dog that's a a, a serious risk, um, you know, I would I would talk those folks out of coming to camp, and hopefully direct them in a better better way, um, either to a trainer that they can work with or some other ideas. Um, you know, because with that number of dogs there um you know you're always concerned because you want it to be a positive experience for everybody um and especially for the dogs Mm yeah um so we you know a lot of our folks who come in are actually referrals from other campers Uh, yeah they've been talking about it for years and suddenly their friends you know either have you know are retired from work or have that amount of time that they can get off from work. Um, so they already come in for the most part, knowing something about the camp or knowing the types of dogs that would be appropriate. Um, yeah. there's very few that I actually turn away.
0: Do people come from the West coast all the way to Vermont?
1: We have, yes, we have yeah. someone that comes from, um, from Colorado. We have, uh, in the past, we've had some that comes from Washington. Nice, yeah, so we have people that come up from Florida um, this we have somebody coming from Texas, a couple of people from Texas actually next year Yeah, the the bulk of the campers are going to come from the the east coast, but we also get midwest and west. How
0: common are labradoodles and golden doodles? What percentage of the hundred people bring <laughs>
1: Doodles? <laughs> I would say we we generally will have. Um, one to two at each camp. And, and it's kind of funny because the camp was actually, Honey, who founded the camp, was a poodle person. Nice. So we were we were known as a poodle camp for years. And it, it's kind of as other breeds have gotten really popular. Um, that's been coming in more and more. The doodles will start coming in. I had a great one there for, for fall two this year, Ursa yeah well a lot of it is the people that are probably owning doodles at this point aren't necessarily into the performance sports mm-hmm. um, at this point to such as high a level um, mm-hmm. so they might not have have thought about going to a dog camp um, and as they get more and more involved in in performance activities you know whether it's agility or obedience or frisbee or flyball or whatever um, they start thinking about coming to a dog camp.
0: Okay. Now, if, if somebody were to sign up, do you sign up for all agility or do you sign up and kind of decide once you get there what you'd like to do? How's, how's that process?
1: You can, once you get, we, we give you the schedule about two weeks out. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you get there, people kind of sample, um, Campers who are returning, they know what they want to do. And new campers, you know, usually we, we have fun on Monday because they're going every class trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, and Tuesday, and they might try a few things by Wednesday or Tuesday afternoon. They're like, okay, I'm going to go do this and this and this with my dog because they figured out that, hey, yeah, I thought I was going to do agility, but my dog really loves barn hunt, so let's go do barn hunt. Um, and which is really cool to see because they that, figure out what they like and what their dog really likes.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's so neat. Mm. And can you describe <laughs> a barn hunt? How that how that
1: flows? <laughs> um, barn hunt it is it's a crazy sport. Um, it it got its rise a few years ago. It's a fairly new sport, like like nose work is. Um, barn hunt is. The dogs are looking for rats that are socialized rats. These, these aren't wild rats. These are rats that are um, raised around dogs, that are very comfortable with that activity. Um, but they're in PVC tubes, um, and they're hidden in um, hay or straw bales. Um, and the dog is going and looking for them um, and alerting their handler or their owner that hey, the rat's right here. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they get rewarded for that, Um, and it's actually become a a super big sport across the country, Um, and and really cool to see. Like, obviously, the terriers love it, Um, but there's a a lot of the other breeds that really enjoy it, especially for a dog that's a senior dog. Mm -hmm. um, It's not something that's super taxing on them physically. Um, so they could go out and do it still, yeah. And they might have been a retired agility dog, or um, or they've been doing, you know, a, a obedience, and their handler's just looking to try something different.
0: Yeah, that sounds really fun. And I like that you mentioned for the older dog that would be definitely a doable thing. Now, is this happening in a barn-like structure, or is it out in the open? It's generally.
1: Um, it, it, it's a mixture. If you're going to a trial, it's going to be in, you know, a shed or, um, a a covered location. Um, for what we do is we we put it underneath, um, a big tent, you know, like a, a 20 by 40 square foot area that they search in. Um, and, you know, in Virginia, we're going to have it under a shelter environment. Um, so that, you know, you're really trying to protect the hay and the straw and the grass from the dampness. Um, but, yeah, you know, so it's, it's an outside activity, somewhat of the elements, but not totally exposed to the elements.
0: Oh, I'm trying to picture this, the rat in the PVC pipe. Is it just a short little pipe with, that the rat is enclosed in, or is it a long pipe that the rat can crawl around in? And-
1: a rat can crawl around in. And think of, you know, um, the bigger PVC pipe that you would use for um, large plumbing. Mm-hmm. yeah not the not the size that you would use to create a jump, but the yeah I would have to say i' I'm guessing, but like a a four inch diameter um okay. and the rat you know there's holes drilled all through the p v c pipe yeah. You know, so the the rat has fresh air coming in, and they're quite content, it's like they're home away from home, they're in there yeah. with their treats and a little <laughs> bit of, you know of bedding, and yeah you know, they're it's are raised around dogs or they're used in the trials all the time because it's not like um the dog doesn't get the pvc pipe and shake it and do all that it's the dog alerts their handler that the rat's right there yeah mm-hmm. so you know they might go up and put their nose on it but they they're certainly you know not allowed to pick it up or paw it and push it around the area um okay. you know, it's just like any other scenting it's let me know it's there you know, yeah, like a bomb detection dog it's let me know it's there thank you here's your reward let's go find the other item
0: do they take to it pretty naturally so a dog who's never done this they just are let go and they know that there's a rat in there and find it essentially they're
1: introduced to it um we introduce it first with just introducing them to the rat in a cage to see mm-hmm. if they've even got the interest to go find it um and then from there Um, We build on that if they have the interest and we'll put them into the tube and make it really a super easy find Um, and then gradually make those finds harder and harder for the dog. And some dogs love it. My dog Bright is the opposite. She had no interest. She Uh just thinks rats stink. And (laughs) when she would do burn hunt, she would just walk by, give me a sideways look like, Hey, the rat's right there. Can we do something better now? Um, (laughs) And it's like, it it, it was just, that's just not her activity. Um, Other, other dogs will be, oh my gosh, it's right here. I'm super excited. You know, they're sitting, they're wagging, they're barking, you know, they're, they're let their owner know, Hey, I just found this great thing.
0: Are there activities or times during camp where the dogs are left uh, behind, and the owners hang out on
1: their own. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the dogs need a little bit of downtime. We encourage, um, you know, normally, obviously, like meal times because we can't have dogs in the dining room unless it's a, a service dog. So, meal times we try and you know get them to get a nap um, and other activities. Yeah, they can bring them to almost every activity um you know the only exception would be if something's in the dining room um but like at night a lot of people will go to a a nighttime seminar or or if they're doing arts and crafts and not one like we do leash making you don't really need the dog there to make the leash so it becomes Uh downtime for them um and but majority of the time there are dogs with with somebody at, at every activity. You know, even if it's just sitting and relaxing during happy hour. You yeah, know, that people yeah. you know people will be sitting out on their patios or on their verandas, you know, relaxing before dinner, and the dogs will be right out there, you know, laying next to them.
0: hmm And is there is there a minimum age requirement for dogs? Can you bring puppies?
1: We allow puppies. Um, you know. Uh, because um, we know the majority of the dogs coming in, um, we're pretty comfortable if the dog you know hasn't had all the shots because we know these are folks that you know, the older dogs have all their vaccinations and are are current. Um, yeah, you know, of course, it's an owner's choice. Um, if they want to bring, we've had we've had eight week old puppies that can't. um my young my new cattle dog last year trek he was brought to camp and he was about 10 weeks old, 11 Uh weeks old.
0: That's
1: Um, quite the socialization. It it was the most wonderful socialization a cattle dog could have because he literally was picked up and handled and taken to classes by people other than me because I was working. Um, And they were taking the puppy class, they were taking them just to sit while, you know, they were watching another class and, you know, he is the most social catalog I've ever had. Um, he loves people. Um, and when he went back this year at a year old, um, he, you know, he had no issues. He was just like, hi, everybody. track is in the house.
0: <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. So we have on Doodle Kisses. So we're a social network that started spring of 2008 and about, I think it was 2012, a group, a small group of let's say 20, I don't know exactly the number, decided, hey, we should do a doodle cruise. Now, it wasn't an official doodle kisses cruise as much as just a group of people that were friends on there that decided to book together and go on a cruise. And we went on that one, my husband and I. Um, We haven't been since because of kids and everything else. But I thought, hey, this might be a good alternative. Maybe next year, if they don't already have a cruise planned <laughs> for yeah. twenty twenty, this might be a fun thing to do with a bunch of Doodle owners if they can book fast enough. <laughs> so I'm wondering. Oh, absolutely. When does camp start, and how far in advance do you recommend that people book?
1: The Virginia camp um, is already sold out, wow. um, and that's one um, that. That one sold out in, in a minute. As soon as I opened it up, I, we knew that would sell out fairly quick. We didn't expect a minute, but um, and that one's early May. We do have, um, they're still off-site. People um, can still be off-site campers and come. It's just all the on-site rooms are sold. Um, mm-hmm. The And that's May 6th to ten. Um, the June camp in Stowe is that camp is the first week of June? It's, it's always right after um, um, Memorial Day. It's the week after Memorial Day. Um, so it's like June, when I say sixth or fifth, whatever that first full week of June. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, um, I still have some openings in, um, and then my fall camp for so the first two weeks of September. Um, Starts with Labor Day, goes through that first week, and then the second week. Um, and there's a few openings for both those camps. So it's the the sooner you book, if if you book, um, you know, by December, pretty much we'll be able to, to take care of you. Um, okay. You know, after that we start getting, you know, it gets a little bit, you know, short, and yeah, you're on the wait list for the cancellations that that occur.
0: Right. So if we wanted a big group, we'd maybe we have to. Book
1: for twenty twenty one. Yeah, or book for um, the summer camp. There's uh-huh. openings, yeah, right, right. The summer and and fall two. Those are generally my camps that are going to have openings. the The fall one camp, it's actually that's what people. Uh, they're a great. All my camps are great crowds, but this group has been coming back together for years, and then they vacation throughout the year together. A large group of them.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love this. I love this idea of camp for dogs and people.
1: They've created a community, and, and that's what it's really about. Um, you know, we're we're just talking yesterday about something with uh, with another organization I'm I'm part of, um, and how you create that sense of community. And um, and I shared with someone about you know, how cool it is with my group is that you know, somebody was having an issue with a truck and trying to get a camper back, et cetera, you know, their, their RV vehicle. And another camper just stepped right up and said, I'll help you. Um, And, you know, they're towing it for that individual. And it's like, you know, it's just that, that sense of community, that sense of I'm helping you out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if somebody has an issue with a dog, they post it on our community page. And invariably someone's going to come up with, look at this trainer, look at this hospital. Oh, I've had that experience use this, you know, look at this drug, talk to this vet. And it's incredible. And yeah, you'll love that Um, there's that sense of community and that sense of family.
0: I love how dogs bring people together.
1: Isn't it? it, It's so true, isn't it? Yeah. they're, They're such gentle souls. And it it doesn't matter what breed, if they're a mutt, if they're a purebred, if they're a rescue, if whatever, wherever they come from, people who love dogs just get together and they love the incredible stories about all of them, and love seeing and and hearing everybody's journey with their dog and how. I think our favorite thing at camp is seeing somebody come in, yell you know, with that dog that's a an adolescent you know, stage of that goofiness where you know everyone you know if you have teenage kids you know sometimes you know, you, you, you love them but they drive you nuts mm-hmm. um it's a, it's the same with that adolescent dog but then you see that dog a year later and it's a totally different animal yeah, yeah the maturity and as the partnership and bond grows and you see what they're doing together and achieving together as as partners it's awesome yeah
0: the website is camp-gone-to-the-dogs.com and we'll have this in our show notes if you don't remember that so in case anybody from the world of doodles is thinking hey this sounds like the place I need to be next year definitely go check it out
1: I better get my uh my site updated
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, Mayor, I'm wondering: Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wish I'd asked you, or something that you you want to say something about?
1: Yeah, it just we we love all dogs, so yeah. There's no um, there's no restrictions. Um, yeah, it's just the biggest thing is if somebody has questions, I love talking to them about dogs, um, and if if our camp is the right camp for them. Uh, or you know the right environment love talking to them about it
0: wonderful thank you Mayor so much this is Mayor Potts of Camp Gone to the Dogs and I appreciate you taking the time out to tell us more about your camp
1: I love talking with you today and I hope to see some doodles at our camp in the future
0: I hope you do too
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay have a great day you too thank you Thank you
0: for tuning in to this episode of the Doodle Kisses Podcast. If you have any ideas or recommendations for future topics or guests, send me an email at admin at doodlekisses.com. That's A D M I N at doodlekisses.com. Also, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts so you can have every episode ready to listen to as soon as it comes out. The show notes will link you to our GoFundMe page, as well as links to some of the things we discussed in today's episode. Talk to you next time on the next episode of the Doodle Kisses Podcast.